On this episode of Black with Endurance, we talk to Patrick Johnson, motivational speaker, host of Clear Mind Fitness Podcast. Patrick tells us about his weight loss journey and how nearly undergoing life-altering surgery changed his perspective on life, how laying on a hospital bed made him realize that his unhealthy relationship with food was killing him. And from that day on, he changed his life and started a new path. And that path led him to running marathons and inspiring other people. He found his true purpose. He is truly one of the most inspirational people I have ever encountered. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. And if you're not already following him, follow him and check out Clear Mind Fitness Podcast to hear more of his incredible journey. So I'm going to let you guys listen. Uh, Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe if you're not already. Check us out on YouTube. And without further ado... On this podcast, we talk exclusively to black athletes, whether you're a seasoned vet, a beginner, or someone just considering trying a sport. This podcast is for you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Black with Endurance Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Solomon, and boom. And we have with us a special guest today, Mr. Patrick Johnson. He is a transformational speaker and the host of the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no moderator on the Clubhouse app. These past few weeks, I've been following him. So I had to talk to him when I heard about his story of losing weight and doing a marathon. So one of <laughs> How did you uh, get into that anyway? Well, I actually, I started running on on a whim. I was woken up. I was awake out of my sleep. God woke me up because uh, I had a lot of health problems. So I woke up January 28th at 444. I I remember it like it was like it was yesterday. I can't get that date out of my head. I got up and I ran five miles. How I did it, I do not know. I just know I got up, ran five miles. God did the same thing the next day, January 29th, 444, get up, go run five miles. And when I did it, it just felt amazing. So when I saw that I could run and I could run fast, I I was hooked. So I've been hooked to to that ever since. So for the last two years, now three, it's coming up on on, on three years, I want to say. Yeah, it's coming up on three years that I've been running. I've been an avid runner for about three years now. Nice. So the weight loss journey started when you started running? The weight loss journey started right, like it was uh, 2017 when I started, I started realizing that the food that I was eating, it didn't agree with me anymore. Like that's the reason I was in the hospital. So when I sat there and thought about, you know, them almost putting a colostomy bag in my stomach, I was like, I need to change some things. So I decided to like start giving up the foods that I was eating. So I stopped eating meat and everything in 27, like 
Halloween of 2017. I stopped eating all of like meat, anything like that. And then I started running. And then once the weight started, like I saw the weight coming off, I just kept running. I was like, I'm about to just keep running. I was like, I don't even care. I was like, people are like, why you run so much? I'm like, because I don't want to be fat no more. Like, why? Why, why do else you think I'm, run- I'm running like this? Like, I'm running 5Ks like every day. And then uh, a guy that I work with, he's a track coach. And he was like, yo, you don't need to run every single day. He was like, you know, take a, a day off. Because I was like, I, don't, I was like, man, I don't want to be fat. So I want to always run. He's like, no, take it easy. You know, build yourself into this, you know, and start like that. And around that time, like uh, the end of 2018, when I started realizing, because it took me eight months to lose 100 pounds. So I lost 100 pounds in eight months from January to August. And I, I got a video up, like the day that I did it, I was so excited because to step on that scale, because all of the all the running I was doing, everything like that, to step on that scale to see that I was losing weight the way I did. And when I passed that 100 pound mark, I lost it. Like I was like so excited because I was like, man, all because I like to run and, you know, do all type of things now. So by running the marathon, this is when people thought I was crazy. Right. And it's so funny because the guy who has one of the biggest like uh, running groups on Facebook, I didn't even know. I just ended up going into a running clubhouse group and we were talking and I was like, oh, man, I'm already a part of your group already. And he was like, uh, well, he looked at my name up. He was like, oh, yeah, you are, you know, and it was Black Black Runners Chicago. No, it was Black Runners Connection. I want to, that's when I say this. And um, it's like 8,000 members in there. So we were talking about marathon stuff. And I told him why I don't post in the running groups anymore. And he's like, why are you don't post in the running groups? I was like, man, people were calling me crazy, calling me all tight about them. I was like, they weren't inspiring. They were like, you know, coming down on me for saying, because this is what I did. April 23rd of last year, 2020. I decided I was like, for my birthday, which is May 23rd, I said, I'm going to run a marathon. And people were like, you ever ran a marathon before? I was like, no. It was like, you ever ran a half marathon before? I was like, no. They're like, what do you think you're doing? I was like, man, I said, I'm about to run a marathon. I'm going to do it. It was like, man, you crazy. And I thought I played it off like, oh, that was, man, like, okay, you crazy. They was like, no, you are legit insane. They're like, you are crazy. You out your mind. You, you're stupid. And this, then when it started getting, I was like, all right. I don't, I don't post in those groups. I was like, I'm not doing that. But we, him and I had a good conversation about, you know, uh, people not doing that anymore and just like, no, I keep posting because people are going to not like what you do anyway. Like you can do something and someone's always going to be opposed to it. By running that marathon though, I trained for it for a month. Like, and a friend of mine who I met on Facebook, he reached out to me and was like, you know, if there's anything that I can help you with, let me know. Now he's done about eight or nine marathons already. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take your advice, man. Like you, he's an Ironman twice. So he's, he's an athlete. And he, he, he told me over the phone what to do. He gave me a plan and said, Hey, run your normal 5k this week. And he was like, run 10 miles, uh, the next week. And he said, run 20 miles the third week. And he was like, and I'll run with you for your 20 mile. And I did that. And then he was like, uh, take the next week off. I was like, man, I don't want to do that. I was like, I said, I said that he was like, trust me, take the week off. He said, and we, and he said, you'll be running that Saturday morning. That, that day came, I was like, it was my birthday too. Right. So I'm like, I got to do it. Cause I'm like, if I don't do it, I was going to beat myself up so bad if I didn't do it. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, it, it came. So come to find out, I didn't know until race day that he was going to run the marathon with me. Like the guy who trained me. 
and mm-hmm. he so he ran the marathon with me. My my boy, who's a part of Clear Mind Fitness, he rode my he rode my bike the entire marathon. But running the marathon was not easy. It, oh man, they, it, it, they they it's the reason why they have regimens and things that they do. You know, leading up to your race and things that you don't do on race day. Like yeah. I, I'm learning that is I learned the hard way with that too. Because mile eight, I got in, I thought I was like not gonna finish, but mile eighteen is when I hit like the brick wall that they mm-hmm. told me that it was going to come. And man, did it hurt. <laughs> that, that brick wall hurt, but I, I was like, you know what? Huh? That's, that's a lot. <laughs> Go ahead. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But you know what? When, when I completed it, it was one of the biggest achievements because it's like only 1% of the people in the world have done a marathon. And when I found that out that day, I, I really, I was elated. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm doing, I'm like, I know I'm doing crazy stuff. Now I went from being fat in the hospital to uh, running a marathon and I trained in a month, you know, like it was, it was crazy. It was crazy when I rode my bike for a hundred miles in a day. Like I woke up and was just like, I'm going to ride a hundred miles a day. Oh, and I did it. Right. Oh, dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely, I, the, the cycling just came with it too. It like everything just. Like, I did that on Juneteenth. I was like, you know what? I woke up I was like, I feel black and in black today. <laughs> I said, I- I'm going to get on my bike and I'm going to ride 100 miles a day. I said, it's Juneteenth. Oh, like, wow. it's Juneteenth. Like, I-, I-, I was like, I feel real black today. So I was like, and look, this is even a twist to this, right? Because I did 93 miles straight. Uh-huh. 93 miles straight. But I had promised my daughter that I was going to take her to her eye doctor. Her mom could have took her to her eye doctor. But I promised her that I was going to do it. So I stopped my ride. I made my ride to it. I did 93 miles straight, dropped my car off, took a shower, picked my daughter up, took her to the eye doctor, brought her right back to the house, got right back on my bike, and did my rest of my seven miles. And that's, like, I was I was like, man, I felt like I couldn't break my promise to my baby. And it was like, it was something simple. So even though I was feeling black and in black, I had to stop. <laughs> You know, yeah. for my baby to take it to the eye doctor. And we didn't even get no glasses. <laughs> we didn't even get no glasses. But it was for my baby. I, I, you know, I'm a sucker for my kids. Hey, Patrick, I just I want to back up a little bit. Um, when you hit the wall and during your marathon, was your, your coach with you at that point? That He ran the race yep. with you, but was he right there? Did he say anything? Did he give you any words of encouragement? Uh, tell me a little bit more about that experience, about hitting the wall and getting through. Hitting that wall, man, is um, it's real. Like, you know, you, you hear it and you hear the words. You're like, oh, man, I'm going to hit a brick wall. It really knocks the life out of you. And depending on how you you've – trained yourself you know up to that point with your endurance and what you can you know withstand especially during certain weather conditions i know now why they run why people run marathons very early in the morning time i didn't start my marathon until uh was it six or i want to say it was seven o'clock big mistake when it was you know in the summertime man my birthday is may 23rd so that's memorial day weekends coming it was like ooh, it was brutal because at a certain point in that in, in that race I'm just getting, I'm, I'm, I'm drained of all of my, my nutrients and everything. So it's just like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, the sun is beating me, you know? Um, and the more you kept running, you see the all, you know, your, your, your sweat's turning white. So you know what this is about. You're like, I'm losing all of this, man. You're like, oh man, I got the, but hitting the brick wall at Mount 18, I just saw that I didn't want to stop. 
I just knew I didn't want to stop. And one of the things that that drives me is the I do have a chip on my shoulder as far as being like the 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 underdog in everything that I've done in my life. Like no matter what I've done, uh, good or bad or whatever, it's just that I've always been like someone always held me to a higher degree for something. And I'm just like, how come I can't be treated like everybody else? Why? So I use that. Why do you have the chip on your shoulder? Where, where does that come from? Where, where did that develop? That, 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 that's, that, that's a stigma from, from childhood, you know? So it's like, you know, being the black sheep, you know, and everyone always undercutting what you do before you even started, you know? But I think a lot of times though, man, and I think our parents are now understanding that they projected a lot of their fears upon their children because they just didn't want to see their kids do bad. You know, and they just want to be there for their kids. So they want to give them the biggest safety net. And as a father, I know I do. I want to give my kids the biggest safety net I know. So I don't fault my parents. You know, I just understand where they came from and, and the, the generation they came from when you didn't you didn't talk back. You didn't not even talking back. You just couldn't even question anything. So yeah. I have that chip on my shoulder. I have that. I, I take that Mamba mentality and I, I take it. I, I embrace it because that's what that's what fuels me. But now what fuels me, it's a little different now because now I have a better mindset because I, I meditate even more now. Like my meditation has evolved and that has taken me to a deeper place. Like even when I write my podcast shows, I write my podcast shows when I'm running. And people are like, man, what? I'm like, I do. I, I get, it's this one point at this trail that I run, I can tell you exactly where I come up with my content because of the trees. The trees give me motivation. I come up with reels in my head while I'm running with themes and I come up with all this content while I'm running. Is that by about 2.67 miles, I'm gonna see these trees. Every I, And I just come up with a content. I come up with an episode right then and there. I come so, up with about three of them and I choose the one I like the most So while I'm running. What's on the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast? What, what I talk about my life. I talk about uh, current events. I talk about uh, motive. I, I love to motivate people. So I, anything about, even when I'm speaking about how I bike a hundred miles, people are like, man, wait a minute. You really did that? Yes, I did. I did it twice. And I was like, and I've rode 60, 70, 80 miles plenty of times. But when I just felt that I could just do something, I just do it. You know, when I ran, I ran a half marathon last month on December 9th and I, I post everything. So you can all, you can just go. And I love dates. This is my biggest receipt, right? So <laughs> December 9th, I woke up. I was in a Nike challenge with, with a with a running group in Chicago called Gumbo Fit. And I'm in a running challenge with them. And I was like, I wanted to hurry up and finish. It was 50 miles in it was from November, from Thanksgiving to January 2nd, you had to run 50 miles. I was like, I'm about to finish this now. I was like, I'm at work. I was like, I don't feel like being at work right now. I said, I had two meetings. I hurry up and conducted my meetings. I said, you know what? I'm going to run a half marathon real quick. And then I'll come back to work. That's exactly what I did. I went to work, was like, ah, this is boring. It's been boring at work. I was like, I'm about to go just knock these mouths out because I saw other people and I'm very competitive. So I saw other, the Nike channel. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm not about, to, I'm going to finish in the top 10. So I was like, I'm going to go knock this half marathon out real quick and then come back to work and finish the rest of my day. So when I posted it, people were like, you are crazy. <laughs> they are like, you are crazy, man. It was like, who does that? Who decides to just go run a half marathon on a whim? I said, I do. I did that twice this summer. I ran a half marathon twice on a whim just, just because I felt like it. And then I had my personal best time. I did it in an hour and 30 minutes. Wow. I posted too. I post all of that. I beat my uh, my 5K time. That was what I was beating myself up about all last year. I finished it in October, October 11th. I did 
I biked 10 miles and then I went and did a 5K and it was my fastest 5K. That's a tip to anybody. If you get those legs going, you get those juices going. I did 10 miles on my bike and then I did my fastest 5K at 1907. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Black with Endurance for updates and to find other athletes in your area. Now back to the show. What's next on your agenda? You've conquered so many things already. What What are you looking forward to? What's What's twenty twenty one challenges? Ooh, I love I, I love questions like this. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> so much to unpack, right? Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, hold up, no, because I'm always ready to speak. I used to get in trouble from talking too much, so you know this is what I love to do. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm looking at, I'm looking at doing the Ironman. I was approached about doing the Ironman, and I'm like. Uh, I might just, you know, look into doing it because I'm like, I can bike. Uh, the most I've ever biked was 102, but I'm like, I can do 112. I was like, and I used to be a lifeguard, which is so funny. Cause I'm not, I, before I got fat, I was a lifeguard. So like, you know, cause I was like, man, I was like a lifeguard by mistake. I wasn't even supposed to be a lifeguard. I didn't even know how to swim my first day of swimming in class. I didn't know my teacher legit just pushed me in 12 feet. And I learned how to tread after he was playing with the bar for like 10 seconds. I was like, what are you doing? Like, you can't do that now, of course. He's like, man, he's like, whoa, you know. But he pushed me in 12 feet. I ended up becoming a lifeguard. Now I'm like, I can do two miles of swimming. Like, yeah, I can do it. I know I can do it. So that <laughs> so far as what's next, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about just doing that. Cause it's like I've done all the things already. Now I just gotta combine it in one. So it's like you you, you swim first, you straight. bike, and then you run. You're gonna go straight to an Iron Man though? <laughs> Why not though? Like, why not? If I, <laughs> impossible is nothing for real. Impossible is not, It's only crazy till you do it. I'm like, for real, it's only crazy. Like, when I saw that, I was like, it is. I said, because I, I, I would have never thought I could bike 100 miles. Like, you could have told Fat Pat that I was going to bike 100 miles. He'd have been like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, my old name was Fatrick. Like, I, like he was like, no, you yeah. wouldn't have told Fatrick that. He would have been like, no, what I'm about to do, I'm about to go, go to Patillo's, go get these uh, Italian beefs, dip with hot peppers and if i felt special i was getting a cake shake so i don't eat that stuff no more like it's like all that stuff is gone now so life is different been vegan? three years now three years three years and there's no way i'm going back there's there's no way my wife is vegan my daughters are vegan and they chose that i didn't choose that for them they chose that i didn't i said i i, I do a different style of parenting i don't force what my beliefs and my traditions on, I let you decide for yourself. I give you insight on options. So you're not just in the bewilderment, like you know what's going on, but I let you decide. And then we have a conversation about whatever you chose. So I, I like giving that, you know, as a way of parenting, because that way you, you're more open to talking to me about things. Cause you're like, he gives me options at least instead of telling me that this is this, this, and this, and this, and this. It's like, yeah. no, nah, cause daddy don't get it right. You know, so and my daughters love running too, which is I already know my 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 oldest, she's 10. She is gonna be a track star. Like she, I'm like, I, she's like, Daddy, I want to run just like you. So I, I feel I'm very appreciative of what my daughters do for me now. It's like they just they 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 don't know that they don't know that they keep me going. They don't know that they don't know. <laughs> so you know because obesity and diabetes it. and heart disease are so big in the black community 
what advice would you give someone who is thinking of or currently trying to transition their lifestyle? I would say uh, do what makes you comfortable, but understand change is always necessary. Like change is always necessary. Like you can do what makes you comfortable, but at some point, you know, I always, I tell people this and people who I consult, right. I can no longer give you good information about a bad habit. I can't do it. Like it's no longer in me. I, I removed that layer of myself. So I, when I know something isn't good, like you got to understand uh, what, what you, what you value, what your values are. Like I value loyalty. I value certain things. So if I, if I don't see those things resonate with you, I can't, I can no longer even give you a false message. I can't do that to you. I mean, I feel like I'm shortchanging us as a, as a race, as a people and as a culture, if I'm going to continue to let you relish in something that I know that you want to change, you can be comfortable in what you do, but change is always necessary. Coach, do you have anything else to say? No, I mean, just, there's always a lot to unpack and like yourself, man, I I could talk for hours, but there's, there's (laughs) so much even more about your story, but uh, what burning question I have, because I have a transformational journey, uh, journey as well. So I noticed like to lose over a hundred pounds. What, what brought on fat Pat? And now I'm gonna preface this question by saying that each stage in your life is necessary for the next stage. You don't become a butterfly unless you're a caterpillar, right? So what was it that brought on fat Pat? And then other than the like waking up with the drive to go run, what was it that let you know that you no longer needed Fat Pat in your life? What gave you permission to get rid of Fat Pat? So first first part, what brought on Fat Pat? What was it? It's probably a culmination of events. But how did Fat Pat come about? Because you were a lifeguard, you were in some type of shape, and then you got into Fat Pat, and then you got out of Fat Pat. Tell me about that part of your life, getting into and out of Fat Pat. I think Fat, fat Patrick was originated because he felt as if he could never be himself. So I would go to my coping mechanism, which was food. And I relished with food because food never judged me. People always did. So a column, you know, when you put that together and you see how food and how that makes you feel and how other people make you feel, you start to weigh your options and what makes you feel the best. And since food made me feel the best, well, which what I thought, I went away from what made me feel the worst, which was being myself because I felt that I needed to be accepted. So I would eat because I didn't hear any voices while I ate. And that's a deep thing, man, to, um, to know that you want to be you, but you're scared to be you because you haven't introduced yourself yet. And I introduced myself to who you see now on that hospital bed in 2017. And that's a real thing. So that bringing all that full circle, that was me hiding who I was supposed to be for years. And every time that I ran away from my purpose, anything that didn't align with my purpose, I ended up in a hospital bed. I was shot in 2008. I don't even mention that, but I was shot in 2008 at a party somewhere I was, I was not supposed to be hanging around the people I was not supposed to be with, but I had imposter syndrome. So that happened. So I have permanent nerve damage in my left leg. So that's another reason why it's like, whoa, (laughs) 
I do crazy things and I, I have this, this nerve damage in my leg. I had an inguinal hernia in 2016, so they they I got cut open in, in my groin area. And then they had to rip my testicles open to get it out because it was the size of a tennis ball. Then the, the colonoscopy, you know, that all Fat Patrick is still living within all of that. I had the colonoscopy. They poked the hole in my intestines. So now I'm open like a three-layer cake, but without the three layers, I'm missing one. I eat almonds that night, not knowing that they're shredding my body from the inside. I wake up in the fetal position on the floor. I wake up, I get up to try to walk. I fall on the floor. I'm there for three hours. My daughter was three years old at the time. She don't know what to do. She knows I can't talk. I'm legit paralyzed. Whoa. Mm. Man. You just made me relive that real quick. That's. Whew. So as, as, as you consider this moment, I want you to think about there's someone out there. There's a listener who's listening to your story who resonates with coping with food, who is not in the best condition, who's probably who may be even going through a medical condition. And they're probably beating themselves up because they're in this medical condition because of the food choices that they're making. So someone out there is listening to you and you've made it through. So. You're in that place, in the fetal position, on the floor, but you're not there now. You've made it through. So for that listener who needs to make it through, how did you get from on the floor with your daughter to where you are now, waking up, running half marathons for lunch? So um, um, I finally get the, the strength to call my wife, but she's my fiance at the time. I, I call her. I say, I need, to be, I need to go to the hospital. I get to the hospital. They instantly let me know they say mr johnson we we have to install a colostomy bag in your in your intestines what i don't even know what that means so i'm like talk to me like i'm like i'm three please under, like help me understand what you just said to me i'm not even gonna fake the funk like i just knew what you meant by that i know what a colostomy bag is but what do you mean it got to do with something with me so he's like we're gonna cut you from hip to hip we're gonna burn your intestines and we're going to install a colostomy bag. And I said, for how long? From six months to a year, but we need to see how your body reacts to it. That was a wake-up call. The, all the alarms went off in my head. The bells were ringing. It was like my, my, my eyelids were on fire, okay? You just said what to me? That you, what? So you don't even know what this is going to do to me. And, you, and I'm supposed, and I said, okay. Let's try something else, man. I said, he, and he said, well, you being, uh, they were getting ready to rush me in. I had 15 minutes. That's all I had. I had 15 minutes and they started oiling me up with the orange stuff. I'm in the, I'm in the room, y'all. I'm in the room. Fit, like the, I'm in the room. The doctor gets a phone call. It's my doctor saying, hey, listen. You don't need to do that surgery on Mr. Johnson. We, 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 need, to, we need to study what's, what's going on here right now. We need to study the polyps. We need to see what's going on before you do that. They taking me out of the surgery now. So they tell me, oh, Mr. Johnson, you're not doing the surgery now. Now I'm like, wait a minute. Something must be up, y'all. What, what's going I'm freaking out now because I'm sitting there like, this ain't right. Y'all, I haven't really got in depth about this story in a while. 
Like this is, because when I say it, I say it so fast to people that I don't get, I do not get this in tune with the story. Like this is a, okay, so look. They tell me that my doctor took me out. I don't need to do the surgery. They're going to keep me in the hospital to see how my body reacts from the hole in my intestines. They, um, I'm in the hospital for six days. My mom, my dad, my visitors, everybody coming to see me, blah, 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 blah. But I hear nobody. I legit don't hear a word, anything anybody's saying to me because in my mind, they about to give me this colostomy bag. But God is talking to me the entire time. Mm-hmm. The entire time. God is talking to me the entire time. He's like, look, you want to change your life? Act like it. You want something different? Act like it. You want to find balance? If you can't find balance, create it. That's what I did. So I'm laying in the hospital bed. So I was like, God, what am I going to do? I said, because I feel like they about to tell me something I don't want to hear. Boom, the doctor comes in and said, Mr. Johnson, I got these five medications for you. I said, what are you talking about? Well, two are for high blood pressure. One is for cholesterol. The other is for anxiety and depression. I'm like, you know what? Most times people ask themselves, why me? But I didn't. I figured out it was many other steps I took to get to where I was at. So before I ask why me, I got to ask, why did I put myself in that situation first? So many times. So I sat there and I was like, I'm not taking those medications. I'm going to rip those up if you hand those to me. He said, and then that's when he was like, Patrick, I would advise you not to do that. Your blood pressure is 150 over 110. Every time you come in, it's been like that for over the last year. You told me you were going to get your blood pressure down. You didn't do it. This is my recommendation. He handed me the medications. I ripped them up. I said, doctor, I respectfully decline this. I said, because I just had a talk with God and God just gave me two words. And it was healthy self. And when I broke it down, it was heal thyself. And I was done. Gave all that other stuff up. Heal thyself. That's why I know I don't need to eat the way that I was raised. I don't need to eat food to make me feel good. I need to give my body the fuel it needs to succeed. That's what it needs at the end of the day. And if you can take that mindset and and apply that to the rest of your life, you can be applying pressure in many ways. I'm a living testament to what's going on. I mean, here I was, I started a podcast in my friend's grandma's basement and now I'm in 50 countries. I must be doing something right. You see what I'm saying? Like, here I am. And I tell people all the time, I don't say things to impress you. I tell you to impress your perception of me because it can be done. That's why I'm telling you. I give people, I've been hosting podcast shows on Clubhouse because I want to give people insight so they can see for themselves. Like there are plenty of opportunities that are happening because my podcast was my vessel. That's my house. That's my foundation. Now I'm building other rooms. I'm building my family room because my foundation is strong enough now. I can go build over here. I'm building my house. (laughs) I'm building my house exactly how I want it. So I'm in a different mindset right now. That's why I can get up and do, like he said, I love what you said. I can eat half marathons for lunch. I love that. (laughs) I ain't even think about it like that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I did. Because I just do it because accolades are fine, but I used to get too caught up in them. So I just, and then I would take myself away from the craft. Now I'm not working what, you know, what I'm good at. So yeah, you tell me that. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I did. They be like, man, no, appreciate it. I will at some point, you know, and, and I take it, but I got to, I got to have a memory. Like, you know, they said the goldfish has the best life because he only remember things for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, be happy. <laughs> like I got to have that mindset and just keep going. 
I feel that. I really like what you said, that heal thyself, the healthy self. <laughs> that's that's real. I'm, I'm a living witness, a living witness. I mean, uh, to lose 127 pounds and keep it off, maintain, like, I, I really heal myself. And I don't take any medications. My blood pressure is 110 over 74. Like, I, I killed it. I crushed it. Like, your high blood pressure needed me. I didn't need it. Like, it needed me. I was the host. Right. You know what I'm saying? The high blood pressure was the leech. Like, yeah. and you think about that. Let a lot of these leeches go in your life. It's a lot of high blood pressure leeches out there. It ain't called high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. That's real. A lot of a lot of stresses out here. A lot of tension right now. How do we? How do we, I know you have the podcast? That's your house. How do we get your message, your story, out to more people? There, there That's more, what I'm working on right now, man. What's that look? Oh, I mean, Clubhouse is one. Yeah. I, I, I've been I've been working real hard on doing it. I mean. I'm I'm open to to doing and figuring this thing out. I mean, because there's really no manual to it. Everybody's yeah. success looks different. That's why I say success looks different for everybody, you yeah. know. But if we can come together and start building, because I may know, like that's why even when I do rooms, I don't care if it's two or twenty-two people in there. How can people learn more, get some more of your mojo, your philosophy, follow you? What does that look like for our listener? Okay, yeah. Well, the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast is clearmindfitness.com. It's on Apple, Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker. Uh ooh, man. Uh I want it's all major streaming platforms. <laughs> I can say all major streaming platforms with the podcast. I'm getting a YouTube started now. I, I really need to get on that because I like to do videos and like things like this. I need to do this because uh I can put my show up on my uh website as well so the clear my fitness podcast on all major streaming platforms and yeah <laughs> popping stream and I'm, I'm actually gonna i'm getting ready to do stream yard now too so I'm, I'm gonna put the show out there now so clearmyfitness.com for sure you can be comfortable in your ways but change is necessary that was deep I love that Patrick came on and he was able to share his testimony. I want to thank him for being vulnerable. That story was remarkable. I've never had my own weight loss journey, but just hearing his experience, I, I can imagine. And I want to say to anybody that is listening that is going through their own journey and needs help with diet or motivation, or anything to get to where you're going, PsychoFit has a whole community that is all focused on the same thing. Everyone is pursuing betterment. So that's what we all trying to do. We're just trying to get better. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, if you're not, follow us on Instagram and uh, let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know what you guys want on the podcast, what you want to hear more of, what you guys want on Instagram. And thank you all that have been engaging with us on Clubhouse. And again, let us know what we can do to help in any way. Um, I love y'all. We do this for the culture. And until next time. <laughs>